Thank you very much for reading for us. Good morning, everyone. He's coming. Quick, get ready. That's how Mark starts his gospel, his good news book. And right in the very first time, he's told us it's all about Jesus, the Messiah, God's King. And then the excitement starts to build as we learn he's coming. That God has done what he promised he'd do in the Old Testament. He'd send his messenger on ahead of him. And here he is, John the Baptist. A man with, with a strange taste in, in scratchy clothes and honey-covered insects. Ugh. But a man with a world-changing message. The king is coming. A king, John tells us, so powerful that John doesn't even deserve to tie up his sandals. Now, sandals, shoes, they're pretty stinky, aren't they? And in those days, they were even stinkier. Only a slave would ever think of tying up sandals. So John's saying that this king, Jesus, will be so high that John doesn't even deserve the low, low, lowest job in this king's kingdom. And now he's coming. John says, in fact, he's nearly here. The big day has almost come. And you need to be ready. And lots of you, you know that, don't you? Because this week will have been a big day for lots of you. That would have been a big day, a big first day back at school. Who started back at school this week? And you know when that, when that big day comes... You need to get ready, don't you? It's, it's off with the jogging bottoms and the scruffy T-shirt. And it's on with the smart new school uniform. To look your best. But, but what if just before that, you, you've been out in the garden, you've been playing, you've been having lots of fun, and well, you end up looking a bit like this. You're covered in mud, and, and what are you going to do? Well... You need to get clean quick, don't you? Because, because you can't meet your new teacher looking like that. And that, in our Bible reading, is why people were coming to John the Baptist to be baptized. Because they knew that they were too dirty to meet God's perfect king. Not dirty on the outside, like I was yesterday, but like we all are, dirty on the inside. They knew that there were all sorts of sins, all sorts of wrong things that they thought and said and done that needed forgiving, needed washing away because this king was coming and they needed to get ready. And then this week, we get to verse 9. And he's here. He's finally here. We get to meet God's King Jesus for the very first time. And as we do, Mark gives us two massive surprises. Now, does anyone here like Where's Wally? Who knows Where's Wally? You know those, 
those puzzles where you've got to hunt around on the picture, trying to work out where Wally would be. And you know, he's always in the most surprising places, isn't he? I mean, if, if this morning church was a Where's Wally puzzle, if this church building were a Where's Wally puzzle, where would Wally be? I mean, will he be over in the band? No, can't see him. Well, where, where would he be? Well, maybe he'll be over in the sound, by the sound desk at the back. You see Wally there? No, I don't think so. Does anyone see, anyone see Wally anywhere? Where, where is he? Can anyone see? Where Wally might be hunt around? Where? Anyone see him? If, where, if Wally were here this morning, where? Where is he? Up there. What? what is he doing up there? Hello, Wally. Nice, nice of you to be with us this morning. He's always in the most surprising places, isn't he? And you know, back to the Bible, it's as if Mark is getting us at the start of his gospel not to play Where's Wally, but to play Where's the King? Because as, as we're waiting, as, as we find this king is coming, well, where, where is he going to be? Well, is he going to be over at the palace? Well, well, no, he's not there. Oh, oh, maybe he'll be riding in on his chariot. Well, no, he's, he's not there either. Where? And then suddenly you see, oh, that's where he is. He's, he's in the river. The king is in the river. Verse 9, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. The king's in the river. And seeing that, well, it's a bit like this. From my playing yesterday in the garden, some of my clothes, where you can see, are quite dirty. I might have been in trouble. So I'd better wash them clean, hadn't I? That's what we need to do with clothes that are all filthy and dirty. You need to, you need to get them clean. So well, I'd better do that quick so I'm ready for tomorrow. They are. Let's get them nice and clean. Ready for... What? Wally... Oh, yes. Oh, thank you, Wally. Thank you. Very much that. It was close, wasn't it? White shirt. Doesn't go in with filthy, dirty clothes, does it? And you know, Mark wants to shock us in just the same way as we see God's king stepping down into that water, along with all the other people wanting to be made clean. Because he doesn't belong there. Jesus, he is perfect. Not one single sin that needs forgiving. You and me, well, we're like my dirty clothes. But Jesus... He is spotless. But here he is. The perfect 
sinless one stepping down into water, standing in the place of, well, of sinful, messy people like you and me. Usually, you, you keep clean things away from dirty things, don't you? I mean, if you put on this, this clean white shirt and someone came running towards you with dirty hands like I had yesterday, what would you do? You'd shout, no! Keep away! Stay back! But not King Jesus. King Jesus doesn't push us away. No, he comes close. In fact, he steps right in and stands with us in our place where we deserve to be. And that is the most surprising thing, but it is also the most brilliant news. Because it means that whatever we've done, however bad, however dirty you might feel, this king, Jesus, hasn't come to tell us, keep away. No, he's come to come close, to step right in and stand with us in our place. We're going to think a bit more about him in just a minute. But before we do that, we're going to stand and we're going to sing again about this king. This king who comes in the name of the Lord. This king, Jesus, not like any other king. Um, so as the, band stand, as the band starts to play, let's stand, let's sing together. There are some actions to go with this song. So do join with me if you can.
far we've seen our first massive surprise that God's king he's here and where is he well he's he's in the river standing in our place but there's even more there's another massive surprise because in verse 10 as Jesus goes down as he comes up out of the water do you remember Something even more amazing happens. Wally, come and help me. Because as Jesus comes out of the water, did you notice what happened? Well, this happens. Heaven itself is torn open. Just for a minute, the barrier between God's place and our place ripped apart. As the Spirit comes down... And the voice from heaven says to Jesus, you're my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. So what's happening? Well, as heaven opens, it's, it's a bit like, it's a bit like we get a peek behind the curtain. Do any of you do that? Does anyone... Ever peek through the curtain to see what's on the other side? Have you ever done that? Well, here it's, it's a bit like we get a peek through into heaven itself. We get to see through and see what God is really like. And what we see is love. You see, one of the, one of the strangest, but one of the most brilliant things that the Bible tells us about God is that God is one, but he's also three. There's, that doesn't mean there's, there's three gods. No, there's only one God. But that one God is three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Each of them distinct. Each of them that one God. And all of them, well, all of them loving each other as much as it is possible to love. The Father loving the Son. The Son loving the Father. The Holy Spirit loving them both. Overflowing with love. And here, at Jesus' baptism, as heaven is torn apart, we see and we hear just for a moment that amazing love. As God the Father says to Jesus, you're my son, and I love you. And that means that this Jesus, the one that God the Father is sending into the world, is the one that he loves more than anything else in the whole universe. 
Children, which of you have brought a cuddly toy, precious cuddly toy, here today? Hold them up. They're fantastic, aren't they? Precious things. We love our cuddly toys. And, and what do we do to look after them? We hug them close, don't we? Give them a cuddle. Hug them close. And we keep them safe. Because, I mean, if our, if our precious cuddly toy were to get lost, that would be a disaster, wouldn't it? That would be terrible because we love them so much. So, which of you this morning, who, who will give me the cuddly toy that they love most in the world? Who's, who's, going, to, who's going to give it to me? You don't quite look sure. Well, what, what, about, what about if I told you that if you knew that I wouldn't treat it very well? In fact, your cuddly toy, I'd, I'd kick it about. I'd let it get torn and battered. I'd, I'd dunk it in this filthy water out here. Who'd give me their precious cuddly toy now? You wouldn't, would you? You'd hug it close, you'd keep it safe because it's precious. And do you see that God the Father, God the Father has done something even harder. He sent into the world what is most precious to him. Not a cuddly toy, but the son that he loves more as much as it is possible to love. And he sent him into a world that he knows will treat him badly will hurt him, will one day kill him. Why would God do something like that? Well, because of what's behind the curtain. Because he's love. And amazingly, God's love, it doesn't keep to itself. Now in Jesus, God's love has broken into our world so that he can love us too. That's why Jesus has come, sent in love, the Son sent in love on a rescue mission so that God can hug us close with that love too. And here, right at the start of Jesus' mission of love, right at his baptism, we're being pointed to how he's going to do it. Because do you remember... There's just one other time in Jesus' life where God tears something apart. Can anyone remember where it is? Where God takes something and he rips it in two. Can you remember where it is? Hannah, go and tell us. That's right, the temple curtain. The temple curtain, I think we've got a picture of it. Or something that might look like it. And when does it happen? Well, when Jesus dies on the cross. Where once again, the perfect, sinless one stands in the place of sinful people like us. Where he dies to take the blame for, for all the wrong things that we do. And at that moment, it is like Jesus is going down, down, down into the dirtiest 
deepest water that you can possibly imagine. Before he bursts out again in new life. And as he does that, the curtain, the barrier between a perfect God and sinful people, it is ripped apart. This time, not just for Jesus, but for us too. For every single person who trusts him. Every person who's been washed clean by him. And he does it. So that God can hug us close too with what's been called his never stopping. Never giving up. Always and forever love. And that's why God's king has come. That's why he sent in love to stand in our place. So that we can know that love. So that God can hug us close with it and we can hear God the Father saying to us forever, you are in my son and I love you. It is brilliant news. It is brilliant news to trust it and it is brilliant news to tell the world. Why don't I say a prayer for us? Father God, thank you for this amazing love that you have sent your son to stand in our place, to die in our place so that we can be rescued, so that we can be made clean, so that we can be hugged close by your amazing love. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me invite the band to come back up, and we are going to sing a final song together, a song that reminds us of of this king, this amazing king, and his kingdom. So why don't we stand as the music starts and join in this song together.